all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, Medical Director for the Center for the Advancement of Youth at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today we'll be talking about siblings. Have you ever wondered why you... When you were raised by the same household, in the same surroundings, with the same parents, that you and your siblings are so different, do you really think it's just birth order? If you do, think again. There's something else. Let's talk about what's going on in your life. Share your comments and experiences with us today by calling one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. And this is Relatively Speaking. Today we are talking about siblings. So, have you ever wondered why, when you were raised in the exact same household, with the same surroundings essentially, and the same parents, that you and your siblings are sometimes just so different? Do you think it's just birth order? Or do you think it could be something else? Um, there really is something else, and we're going to talk about that today and how um, there so many different things can affect that can affect the way you are. So today, as many of you know, I want to just tell you a few personal stories and sort of catch you up here, and I'd love for you to join in and give your opinion on on why you think you're different than your siblings or why your children are so different from each other. As we move along the show, I'll, I'll tell you some of the theories as to why some of the research that is shown um, what makes the difference in uh, two people with the same genetic makeup, why they, they can be so different. So, As many of you know by now, I'm from a very large family. I have seven siblings. I have 24, I had 24 aunts and uncles, and uh, too numerous to count cousins and first, second, third cousins. Also, I have five children, 10 grandchildren. And on this show, I often talk about nurture versus nature, that your environment can be as important as your genetic makeup. But we usually don't think of it too much in the context of a family because we think kind of our um, environment and our genetics are the, the same. We often talk about genes, and then we talk about 
birth order. But what else affects our outcome? Some of the old birth order theories don't always work out. So why do you think that is? It's because we're missing something that has more of an effect on things than we really think. And we'll talk about that. Before we do, I want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, And certainly feel free. Go ahead and call in early if you wish. I'd like to have some of this thrown out. Um, and you can call one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. So here are questions. Are you very different from your brother or sister who grew up in the same house with you? Um, if you are, what do you think caused the differences? Not what you think history tells us, but what do you think caused the differences? Are the differences um, so far apart that it's sometimes difficult to be friends with your siblings? Or has that maybe been helpful to your friendship as siblings, that you are so different that you're able to better, maybe better able to be friends because you're not competing with each other? Um, Do you think that your parents treated you differently? Uh, than perhaps your sibling who was older or younger than you are. And and if you do think they did, why do you think that is? Um, I, I really do want to hear from you and hear your theories before I talk about what what some of some people think the real answers are. So with that, um, I'm happy to say we're going to go on to our first caller. We have Cameron in Oxford. Good morning, Cameron. Tell us what your thoughts are. Uh, yes, uh, uh, it made me uh, think about uh, when I was in college, I took a, a human development. Uh, good morning. Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. You said it made you think about when you were in college and you took a course in human development? Class. Uh-huh. And, and, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm listening on the radio. Now. Yeah, uh, turn the radio down so you can concentrate on on us talking. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, so I took this class and we had to write a 20-page paper on these principles and how they relate to our lives, and I'm a, I'm one of uh, five uh, siblings, uh-huh. and and I, as I wrote my this paper, and I just connect those principles. I had to go through all my life, uh, my life from you know birth to uh, like I was my starting twenties, and as I look back and I look at things that happened in my life, and when and I like when my other siblings were born, and some of the things that that transpired during those times, so they kind of had a different experience than I had, mm-hmm. even though we lived in the same house, you know, and, you know, and then as I got older, my parents uh, got, you know, older, and the way they parents would change, uh-huh. and I think some of that factored in why we were, you know, why we were so different, Yeah, and I think and even, even with the different sex, I think my even with the male and the female uh, kids, my, you know, my, um, 
my sister, you know, she, they, you know, my sister, they were, they were harder on my sister than they were on the, you know, on the, they were more harder on the females than they were the male uh, children. So I think that kind of factored in the things. So, um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think you can live in the same house and have, you know, totally different siblings just by human events, the parenting, uh, you know, uh, just even our personalities. You know, because I think sometimes you know some pe- some some people they need more attention than others. You mm-hmm. know, you know, mm-hmm. and so they respond differently. You know, uh, uh, to the environment. You know, some people they are ambitious, and some people you know they have to be pushed more. Not you know, so much. You don't have to push. And so that was one of some of the things that I I, uh, I think that factor in why siblings are you know different. Wow, Cameron, you brought up some some issues that certainly as we move along we'll we'll get to more because you brought up actually you're skirting on the edge of exactly what we'll be talking about is <laughs> is that um that yeah, a lot of it depends on um some of it depends on who you are in the beginning, but some of it also depends on parenting styles at the time, um, actually circumstances. Um, may I ask, Cameron, um, in what year were you in college? I in the mid to late nineties. Nineties. Okay. So, so right. So, your siblings. Are you one of the older ones in your family? You said I'm you old. are the eldest. Yeah. So, yeah. So, in um, in the ten and and twenty years after uh, you were you were young and raised, certainly a lot of things were different. Um, n- probably not not just socially in your social environment, but also in your financial environment, what was affecting um, your parents at the time. And that's that's sort of where I want to go and and how um, sometimes we forget it's it's not all about genetics and it's certainly not all about birth order because you might have um, the very first child in a family not at all like what you would expect in the oldest in birth order or you might have a child who is the baby who is the most motivated of the family so why would that be so um, as we move along yeah um, Cameron thanks so much for calling in it sounds like you wrote a very interesting paper you ought to pull that back out and read it again if you happen to have it because as we move along you might have more to add later in the show as we go along so thanks for starting us off and all right um and and i also want to just let others know please feel free call on in right now um as we're moving along and talking about uh birth order and um siblings and why are you so different than your siblings or maybe if you're just similar i want to know why because so much so much of the time as you read you hear that siblings are very different so if you're the same why is that give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 
Well, before we go to the the break, um, I just want to add a couple of things. For most of history, psychologists and researchers really thought the study of siblings was simple. Um, and there was a, a researcher, uh, Robert Plowman, who I want to talk to you about the the differences um, and what he thinks, uh, because he says that it turns out that um, if you that that when you look at siblings, that it's true that siblings uh, seem to be a lot more similar on average physically and cognitively in their their um, intelligence skills when compared to children picked at random, even if we think we're different from our siblings physically or cognitively. But not so much with personalities. And in fact, it turns out that on tests that measure personality, stuff like whether we're extroverted or introverted or how conscientious or um, motivated we are, siblings, um, if you compare them to strangers, they're about like strangers. So really different. So... um, that's something that, as you look at it, why is that? Um, so I'm going to give you a couple of perf- personal examples, and then we'll go to break, and I want to hear some of yours. Okay. Um, I am um, the third of eight children born to parents, um, so um, sort of in the upper third of the middle children, right? Okay. I always had difficulty designating my birth order other than that I was one of several middle children. So I always say I'm in the upper third of the middle children. All right. So of the first three children, I'm probably the most extroverted and for sure the most risk-taking of those three. Um, Same goes for my next two siblings. Probably I was the most extroverted and, and the most a risk taker. Now, understand that being a risk taker in my family was hmm, riding my bike beyond the driveway limit or trying to swim across the deep end of the pool when I wasn't sure that I could. But in my family, I was the most daring one. Did that set the stage for who I became? Maybe. My husband was the firstborn. As a young child, he was also a risk taker, but he was really a risk taker. He'd climb the highest highest tree, jump off ramps with his bike. He roamed the neighborhoods late, well after dark. Nobody ever tagged him as a risk taker, but just as a boy doing those normal things. Now, Cameron called earlier talking about maybe sex differences, and we'll talk some about that. But did that set the stage for who he became? Maybe. Okay, one more example. I have two daughters who look so much alike that they're often mistaken as twins. They're 30 months apart in age, um, born to the same parents. The eldest was five when her father and I divorced. The younger of the two was three years old. The oldest has always been such a caretaker and nurturer for a younger sister and the younger siblings after that. 
The younger ones were always allowed to sort of take center stage. If if they were putting on a, a play, um, she would do the background. She would do the stage setting. She would do the video recording and uh, the planning. And especially for a baby sister, um, uh, she allowed her to be the center of attention. That really has continued throughout their lives. Was that due to birth order, genetics, or maybe the environmental changes that she experienced? So with that, I'll take a break. We're talking about siblings and why do we look so much the same and act so differently. Give us a call. Join the conversation at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. Today we're talking about sibling differences and how in the world does that happen? How do we have the same genetics, a somewhat similar surrounding environment, maybe exactly the same, um, yet end up so differently? Uh, We're going to talk in a minute about some of the research that's come out looking at why that's so. But I think one of the most important things is to to talk to you about why you think that's so, what you think happened, maybe how how you're growing up, your environment, or what are you doing to your children, and how that's affecting outcome. You can join in. Call us at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. Okay, well, let's go on back to the phones. Um, I want to hear from Gary in Al- New Albany. Hi, Gary. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for calling. Yep. So, yeah. so you said gonna... you're the second of uh, live children. Tell me what you mean. Yeah. Five, five, five. Oh, five. There's a misprint there. Okay, you're okay. the second of five. Okay, so you're okay. kind of in the upper middle third, too. <laughs> I am, too. I it. You know, we were all close. Uh-huh. And we considered my sibling up under me as a baby brother, you know. Right. And, and actually, right there, he's the only one that has great grandkids at this point right now. <laughs> he's a year and a half younger than I am. Oh. My older brother and I right there, we ran the same circle, and we picked him up right there when he graduated from school, and we did everything together with the same friends and stuff at the same circle, because we were from a relatively small town. Uh-huh. Okay, and uh, you know what? And in time, as we grew 
through the years, right? That we married different spouses. We had different spouses and stuff. Right. And I kind of looked at, you know, we all point out in different directions, right? I kind of felt right there that, you know, even though we love their spouses and our family are still together right now, it's just the root in life that we looked at right there. you got to cater to your spouses at one point. Okay. And life took a different avenue. Mm-hmm. And everybody navigated into their own, you know, environment. And even though well, hey, we were close, we're so much different now. Mm-hmm. We came up in different areas, and I got two sisters on my baby brother. And we all spread across the country, right there from New York to South Haven to Coldwater to New York, Mississippi to Dallas, Texas. Yeah. What? But yeah. when we come together, you know what I mean? We see one venue. We see one venue. Family. We see my mother, my deceased mother. Right. And you know what? And we look at our grandkids, and we kind of look at that and say, hey, you see a little bit of all of us in each one of us, from nieces to nephews, the first cousin and thing. We see our great-grandmother, you know what? And nobody's going to be exactly the same. But then again, uh, the genetics, they jump, and we look around our family like a family union, and we say, hey, everybody's still here. Yeah. And we're all the same, even though we're different. You're all family, and sometimes the differences in the family make um, make for it to be more exciting. If everybody were exactly the same, then then think right. about what happens as far as maybe even competition. You know, um, sometimes in a family, and and maybe your siblings are like that. Now, you you brought up a a couple of really good points I want to come back to um, in a minute. Uh, But but just think about if everybody decided that they were going to be uh, the say, for example, the best tennis player ever. Can you imagine the kind of competition? and rivalry that would well up from that. Now, the Williams sisters seem to do a very good job of being highly competitive and still loving each other. Um, yeah, uh, they are very different. And so I, I think that we have to remember these differences are sometimes very good. Um, I, I, I look at the bad part of it, but I love going to my brother's sisters. I'm telling you, you know what? Hey, we were competitive right there on the basketball court. And even though we played on the same team, they said at one time right there, the team belonged in our family because I bet you uh, 80% of the team was, was related being in a small uh-huh. town. Oh, yeah. So, I imagine. Yeah. 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 So and we so. We all friends. We were all cousins. And, you know, we all competed against each other. And, you know. We did the little boy thing. We got out there and roused. We had our bickerings out. But, you know, at the end of the day, right there, hey, we still friends to this very day. Uh, we're all friends and we're family and, and whatever. Even the, even the people who weren't biologically related, they were like family, you know. Yeah. So That's... we all right there, it, it, it was in front of us right there, being in a small town. Yeah. That we were all right there just, just they say, hey, our parents knew their parents. They grew up with their parents and our parents. And, hey, you know what? But it, it made us individuals. 
Well, it does. It does. And, you know, you talked about the value of a small town, and so many times that can be wonderful. And it does um, make you an individual. And, And a lot of that happens from the way your parents parent you and what they reinforce in you and what they don't reinforce in you. And sometimes um, a sibling who um, is reinforced for being outgoing and gregarious and perhaps a risk taker, sometimes another sibling doesn't get reinforced for that. Or maybe there's something else going on in the family. So um, important to always think about um, the the positives and the negatives of what's happening around you and, and what's going on. Now, you said that mother was a very strong influence in all of your lives. And you also mentioned that many times a spouse can sort of change um, the way perhaps you're setting your priorities and issues, and that too can affect your children. So keep keep all that in mind as we move along in our discussion. Gary, thanks so much for sharing your family issues. Um, we've got some open lines. I'd love to hear from more of you to join in on the sibling discussion at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Okay. Well, let's go a little bit to talk about, we can talk about birth order, and I'm happy to do that. I always love talking about birth order. But I want to tell you a a little bit about this guy Plowman's um, research. Uh, He and other researchers did many studies back in the 80s looking at um, sibling differences, and they were trying to tease out what roles genes played in the personality differences they saw, and what role environment played in those differences. Um, and when they started, they sort of assumed, um, like everybody else had in the past, that being raised in the same environment would be one of the things that made children similar, but that's really not what they found. Um, What they found, as Plowman said in one of his interviews, that the environment works in very odd ways. It's, It's making two children in the same family different from one another, not similar, but different. So the question was, why is, it, uh, why is it that being raised in the same family pushes children sometimes in, in opposite directions in terms of personality? Like I said, they can look similar, they can be the same size, they can um, have the same intelligent um, cognitive skills, and yet end up very differently. So... Um, nobody knows for sure, even now, because that's just the kind of research that's next to impossible to get an absolute scientific answer on. But there are three major theories, and I want to tell you about them because I think they're interesting and it may help us a little bit. So one of the first theories is called divergence. So... Um, 
there's this guy named Frank Soloway who was a Darwinian scholar, and this was his view. He, he basically said that um, in the context of a family, one of the main things that's happening is that children are competing for time, love, and attention of their parents. So just like out in the wild, kind of survival of the fittest. And when we compete, there tends to be a phenomena that um, that uh, Darwin called divergence. It's basically to minimize competition so that it's not direct, that you specialize in something. So if your brother's really good in tennis, then you turn to track running. Or if um, your, your sister is a great ping pong player, then you turn completely away from sports and go to cooking. So if one child in a family seems to excel in academics, for example, to avoid direct competition, the other child, maybe consciously, but most likely unconsciously, will specialize in something else like, you know, being the social butterfly. Um, so that's divergence, and that's maybe why if you see your older sibling being reinforced for all this incredible scholarly activity and you just cannot keep up with that, then what do you do? You don't even try to compete with it. So that's, that's one of the, the theories, that diversion theory. And um, the, that particular researcher said he, he saw a small version of that happen even in his own family. And, and you know, if I think about it, I've, I saw some version of that happen in mine. All right. Well, let's go back to the phones before I tell you about theory two. Uh, let's go to Dooley in Calhoun. Hi, Dooley. This is Dudley. Oh, Dudley. Uh, another mistypo. Never mind. Dudley, thanks for calling. Tell us what you said, um, that maybe there was some tragedy and that was the way it affected siblings. Am I reading that right? If I then does this really affect or how can it affect the next child that is is born? I'm sorry, we missed the first part of your your question. Will, will you restate that, please? Yeah, I, if there is a tragic mm-hmm. accident uh, that has happened in the family, that does it affect or how does it affect the child that is born to next or the yeah. next child that is born? Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Dudley. Um, actually. Um, it's it's absolutely correct. I mean, if let, we can turn that around into a statement, a tragedy in a family, whether it's a death or a serious accident, or perhaps um, someone develops chronic disease or um, some other uh, difficulty, a parent dies, um, it can resoundingly affect the way. Um, 
the the other siblings. It it may affect the way younger siblings turn out. It may affect that older sibling's personality, who maybe was almost set. Um, Dudley, was there a particular type of tragedy you're talking about? And we can talk a little more deeply about it if you wish. Uh, well, it was a, uh, a a child that was accidentally backed over by its mother, mm-hmm. and that was such a tragic, horrible accident. Now, this happened back in the 30s. <laughs> like, Very uh, long time ago, right? Yes, uh-huh. but uh, this is was, a, was my family, and I just have often wondered, uh, and I thought today was such an appropriate day, which I really do enjoy your show each time, uh-huh. each week. Thank you. But was to ask... Uh, Right. Well, let's let me talk about that's a severe tragedy. So that apparently happened to um, your your grandmother. I don't know how old you are, Um, Dudley, either your grandmother or even your great grandmother. So um, let's let's talk a little bit about what that can do. So um, perhaps there was this carefree. woman who enjoyed life and was just loving her kids and then we tragically have that sounds like an absolute nightmare so the child is killed or the child is severely injured um the guilt the adjustment that that uh, a mother has when when something like that happens and it might be something um and and where a parent doesn't even have as direct an effect um let's say a parent was driving a car and a child was killed or injured in a car wreck and that parent was driving that car um, the same type effect can happen. Uh, blame placing. What does that do to a marriage? So this loving relationship that happens to uh, that the couple perhaps maybe had suddenly turns into this grief stricken um, family environment. And if one is not able to work through that, and luckily, um, sometimes people are able to come out on the other end of a terrible tragedy like that, okay. Uh, Many times what happens is there are some some scars, basically. So what are those scars? Um, Let's think about some of the adjustments that people get into and the way maybe that it changes their personality. They go from being individuals who allowed their children to explore the environment to becoming more helicopter-like parents who are watching every move, who are worried about every danger, who are terrified that maybe their next child may be injured or something bad may happen to their next child. So no risk-taking is allowed. No stepping out of the safe environment is allowed. So what does that create 
perhaps in future generations, it can, because of this continued hypervigilance that's going on, it can create highly anxious individuals. Remember, we've talked about nurturing nature, and especially in the area of mental health, so many times the way you were raised and what you hear about the safety or the non-safety of your environment can affect the way you are and affect your outcome, which then has a ripple effect. It affects the outcome of others. So, um, Dudley, I cannot understate, and I really appreciate you calling in about this, I cannot understate the importance of if a tragedy happens to make sure that a family gets professional help so that you don't have generation after generation dealing with a tragedy that, yes, is horrendous and horrible, but something that needs to be put away as a past and and allow the family to move forward and allow the family to be able to come out of that on the other side. Um, so there's some individuals who can and some who are highly resilient. Um, but a lot of that is is not just uh, something that genetically is there, but it's something that's inbred. So we can we can help our children develop resilience by by allowing um, recovery and and I just again oftentimes it takes um, professional help. Dudley, did you see that in in your family? If this was your family, that that there was this ongoing um, um, concern and worry about what was going to happen next? What was the next tragedy? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that um, I think if any any other listeners are hearing this and 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 um, know of families who who lost a child um, many, many years ago, and it seems like the family's still suffering for it, I would highly encourage you to to be determined not to let that cloud hang over the family anymore. It's done. There's no way to fix it other than to move forward. So the past is the past. The present is now. I know that sounds trite, but it's got to happen or recovery will never happen. And and it'll continue generation after generation. So I would encourage um, a hard discussion of that um, happening and that we don't keep talking about it over and over. All right, I'm getting the signal that we need to go to our next break. Dudley, thank you for that great call, and thank you for sharing. I think that gave us an opportunity to talk about some of why siblings are so different and why sometimes that happy child um, ends up with maybe not so many happy siblings. Um, join in. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking. We're talking about siblings. We'll be right back.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. So, this is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about siblings. Uh, Topic near and dear to my heart. I have seven of them. My children um, are number at five, and they are now growing their own families. And so, siblings, siblings can be so very wonderful, and they can be so different than you are. I am one of five girls. Um, growing up, we all look so much alike. Honestly, people often did not get our names straight. We were all short and dark, and um, they just had trouble knowing whether it was Susan or Cindy or Miriam or Martha or Ned or whatever, Becky. So, with all that said, um, even though we looked a lot alike, we are all so very different. And I think every one of my siblings, um, sisters particularly, would admit that, that we are very, very different. So why is that? We had the same parents. We grew up, honestly, in the same house um, from the time I was five and a half. And so um, in the same town. So what's the difference? So we've talked a little bit about how circumstances that change, um, either financially or socially, um, maybe a tragedy happens. What, What makes the differences? Sometimes they're much more subtle than a tragedy like we heard from Dudley. Or um, maybe they're um, very different than a divorce, like you heard from me. Maybe there's something else um, going on. Now, we're talking about the theories. We talked a little bit about divergence theory, just how if you have a sibling who's really good at something, you don't even want to compete, so you go to something else. Um, That can be one. So let me tell you about another theory. It's the environment theory. Theory. So the name might be a little bit confusing. It's called the non-shared environment theory. And it basically says that from the outside, it appears that we're growing up in the same family as our siblings. But in important ways, we really aren't. We're not really experiencing the same thing. Now, we heard from one of our earlier callers that... Um, the parents were a little bit harder on the girls and the boys, maybe expecting them. We didn't go into detail, but I'll give you an example. In our family, the boys really didn't have to do chores like the girls did. We were responsible for the the dishes and the cleaning and, and that kind of thing. And in our traditional Lebanese family, the boys were sort of the golden guys. So... My brothers may argue with me, but that's the way the girls saw it. So, so w- children grow up in, in like different families um, because they, the siblings differ in age. So the timing in which the family goes through, um, there may be some major events that are different, like we talked about it. They lose a job, um, 
finances change, something happens um, that makes the environment, though it seems maybe a little bit the same, it's different enough that it can change. Um, Also, children in the same family are rarely treated the same by their parents. Even if a parent says, oh, I treated them exactly the same, um, often that's not the truth. And if parents, if you you would look at a video recording of what's going on in a family, often you'll see that one child maybe is protected a little bit more, maybe because they think they need more protection. Um, But if you did a comparative, and, and some of the research shows this, children who had the same intellectual abilities were treated differently because it was a parent's perception that one of the children was not as capable as the other. Why is that? It's just human nature. Sometimes we just do that. The other thing, and I think that was mentioned by one of our callers, is children often seem to have different needs. They have different Interest And so parents reinforce them differently. It may be that that particular child's interests are very similar to a parent's interest. And so they get really excited about that child's interest. And so they're very reinforcing to that child. Um, for example, my father loved to swim. And, and I love to swim. I love the water. So dad, my one major reinforcing and, and, and social outing with my dad was often revolved around the water. My older siblings weren't that much into swimming. They were into tennis and they played tennis with him, but I was a swimmer. And so that was reinforced and I'm a lifelong swimmer now. So it's what you reinforce and how you carry it through. So think about, you parents of young children, what you're doing as you're moving along. Are you reinforcing behaviors that you for sure want? Um, And if you're just reinforcing it in one child, um, perhaps that's why they're getting better than the others is because they're getting positive reinforcement. That is very, very powerful. And you need to remember that. Okay, I'm going to take a break. I'm giving you some information, and I'll keep going with the third theory, but we still have time for a caller. If you want to call, call in now at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 7464 Okay, now let's go to the third theory and of why children turn out differently. So theory three is exaggeration. So um, the this, this final theory of the three is more or less the comparison theory, which holds up that families are essentially comparing um, what is going on with the different children. So what I mean by that is often in that comparison category, we um, instead of just reinforcing the positives that I was just talking about, what happens is we greatly exaggerate even minor differences between siblings. 
Okay. So perhaps you're back to um, playing tennis. You have one child who's really good at tennis and another child who is really good at tennis. But that first child is maybe a little bit better at tennis. Well, then all of a sudden, it's really exaggerated. The same thing goes with uh, intellectual abilities. Think about this. If you have a child who's making all A's and you have a child who's making A's and B's, um, that's not a lot of difference, right? But a parent will overly praise the child who's making all A's. And you have a child who's making mostly A's but a few B's and an occasional C, and then all of, you, all of the sudden you have a child who is vastly smarter and more capable than the child who's making A's, B's, and C's. And so you reinforce that child making all A's. The child who's not doesn't get reinforced. And so what happens? You're gradually lagging um, behind, okay? So... Same thing goes for, like, two friendly children born in the same family. One of those is really extroverted, and the other is social, but not quite as extroverted, but probably extroverted. So in the context of any other family, you might have a very highly sociable child. But in the context of your family, that child is shyer than this incredibly extroverted child. So what do you do? You tag that other child as the sweet introvert, the quiet child. And you kind of reinforce that as being the quieter introverted child. And so you're not reinforcing what you might want to bring out in the child's personality. So once that label is assigned and you start labeling individuals, you're sort of setting the stage for the future. So our parents might have done that to us, right? And um, perhaps you're doing that to your children. So I would encourage everybody who is the parent or the grandparent or or the aunt or the uncle who is watching after the development of these children and wanting to make sure that you get um, that wonderfully well-adjusted, caring individual who is comfortable with who they are and who builds on the skills that they have Remember what you're doing as you're moving along in, in praising or reinforcing behaviors. You may think that you have the same environment going on. You may think that you're giving those children the same opportunities. But in the reality of it all, you may be molding a child into something that perhaps you're not meaning to reinforce. Perhaps you're making that child shy when they shouldn't be. Perhaps you're leading a child away from being athletically um, gifted, or if not gifted, just athletically active because you haven't reinforced that kind of behavior. 
So be careful as we're working on molding our individuals. Let's make sure that we're we're giving everybody a fair shake and not calling someone a um, particular way um, when they're really not, when they're really an outgoing individual and want want to be included as an equal. Well, thanks everybody today for talking, joining in the conversation on why siblings can be so very different. They are, and you know, that's kind of the spice of life. So, all right. Today's show was engineered by our producer, Jay White. Our call screener, I believe, was Java Chapman. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking, and that you'll stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.